You're listening to Wilderness Club, a podcast exploring hidden treasures of the Word of God. We are James and Brooke, and we discuss how our own experiences interweave with God's plan for all His children in seasons of both wilderness and rest. On our last episode, we talked a little bit about the little pamphlet by Robert Boyd Munger called My Heart, Christ's Home. He talks about what he calls the living room of our heart. And he says that when he first came to accept Jesus into his heart, talking about, you know, Jesus coming into his home, settling himself in there. He speaks of this living room, I think he says it is. Yeah, this living room. And Jesus says to him, oh, this is a nice cozy place where good discussion can happen. Let's meet here every day. I'll be waiting for you right here. And the author is so excited and really looking forward to creating a close relationship with Christ. And as days and weeks and months go on, he realizes that a little by little, he has stopped going into that room. Whether it's just from the busyness of life, he says that it's from him studying for I guess, college finals and things like that. And then he realizes that Christ has been there every day. And I wanted to quote a part that says he he goes into the room and he says, have you been here every morning waiting for me? And Jesus replies, yes, I have. And he says that Jesus had been faithful despite his faithlessness. And I think that's something that we don't realize. He also says um, a little bit further down, he says something that the author had forgotten was the fact that the time spent with Jesus was not just for the author, but it was for Jesus as Mm, well. And that he says, you know, I love you. I've redeemed you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be in every aspect of your life. And he's faithful to show up every single time. I think that kind of kicks off what we are wanting to talk about tonight, which is talking about our relationship with the Lord and how I think there can be a misconception that once we give our life to Christ, you know, first of all, that there's this automatic change. Like you're not saved unless you had this dramatic change in your life. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, the other misconception would be that you gave your life to Christ. That's kind of, I hate to use it in these terms, but it's like a one night stand Mm -hmm. where, you know, you've had this really great time. You accept the invitation and then you move on and kind of forget to ever call. And yeah, um, I think for so many people, they see the idea that they, they come to a place where they realize their sin has separated them from the Lord. And they come to a place where they realize their need for salvation. And they say, okay, yes, 
I want salvation. I have been living one way and I need to live a different way now and I need Jesus to help me do that. Okay, yes, Jesus, I believe in you and I accept your salvation. Let's go. And then in their mind, they kind of go, okay, I've checked off that box. That's taken care of. Now I can go ahead and just live my life now. Like when you're driving in the car, you put on your seatbelt and then you don't think about your seatbelt again. It's on and you just start driving. And that's the way I think so many of us look at Jesus. He's like this seatbelt. We put it on and that's it. We don't have to think about it anymore. Really, a relationship is not like a seatbelt. A relationship is not something that's like, a a, a seatbelt is called like a passive restraint in that it is not, it's not something you're actively doing to be safe in an accident. It's something that is there and protects you in case something happens. We kind of think of Jesus as this passive thing, like, okay, I've put on my Jesus t-shirt and now I can go live my life and not think about it anymore. Really, like you're saying, like Jesus is waiting in the living room. Every single morning he sees us walking by and he kind of, oh, I'm over here. Can you, you see me? He raises his hand. He says, hey, I'm over here. And we just head out the door mm-hmm. and we go, oh, I got my Jesus hat on. I'm good. I can go start my day. We don't think about the fact that Jesus is there desiring something deeper. He doesn't want it to be passive. He wants it to be active and he wants us to be pursuing him. I think not just that, but going back to the relationship analogy that we really need to look at it as, you know, there's that phrase that people say, I devoted my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. And we even have, you know, what we call devotionals. Mm -hmm. And I think that for some people, we might have that sort of lingo or say, you know, Jesus is Lord or Jesus is my Lord or Mm -hmm. I am devoted, you know, to Christ. But when we think about that word devotion, we are needing to work at showing we need to work at growing something like if you think about somebody devoting their life to something outside of christianity outside of following christ if somebody says i've devoted my life to the research of marine animals right they're going to be studying marine animals they're going to be going to the beach they're going to be going diving they're going to be collecting specimens they're going to be learning and absorbing as much knowledge as they can to study and just become, you know, an expert in this field or to accomplish something for marine life. And we say, oh man, look at their devotion. They've they've really strived for it. They've really put in the effort and the time and the study. And when someone says they devoted their life to Christ, they're like, yeah, I devoted my life to Christ. And then my life was exactly the same and I didn't really change anything and I didn't really pursue Christ and I didn't study right. and I didn't do anything. And I think we can say that anyone who maybe has a child, you would say, I'm devoted to my children. Mm -hmm. I sacrifice for them. I provide for them. I desire to have interactions with them and spend time with them and love them. And I would like for them to reciprocate that, (laughs) you know, 
if we think of it that way, then we should be applying all of those things like devotion for a cause, you know, Mm -hmm. or like the Marine thing or devotion to um, a family member or a spouse. Those characteristics that we have with people that we can see and things that we can tangibly touch Mm -hmm. we need to be having that those same attributes if not you know even more we need to be having the biblical attributes of what devotion means and you know jesus said if you are my disciples then you will obey my commands and that is a devoted follower of Christ. Yeah. So, you know, if we think about in biblical times, that word disciple was sort of a common thing among the culture. There were many rabbis and they would have their own disciples and those people would devote their lives to following that rabbi and everything. And and listening to all their teachings and doing what they say and all that kind of stuff. That's why we're called disciples of Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, because we, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be following him. We need to be studying the word of God. We need to be obeying his commands and, and having respect like those disciples did for the rabbis yeah i think we we are we think of these christian terms but don't think of the literal meaning of them like devotion yeah that's what we we need to understand that these words that are used in god's word that there's a a reason and a background to them Mm -hmm. a purpose uh purposefulness to them it's not like you just picked the word disciple for what we are, because it's a nice sounding word. That, that sounds kind of Christian-y. We'll call them disciples. It's because the intention is we should be disciples. We should be dedicated followers. And and disciplined. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's another thing that is a misconception in the Christian realm, is that once you become a believer, that living a Christian life or following Christ is easy, Mm. is simple, or would come like, quote unquote, naturally. Mm -hmm. But what is really true is that the Lord works on us. Mm -hmm. And he only works on us as much as we allow him to. And so in Isaiah, it talks about how God is the potter and we're the clay. And I just think about how, you know, what are the attributes of a cl- of clay? It's moldable. It's messy. I mean, it's messy <laughs> and it's sticky and it needs to be refined in fire. It needs well, once, to be, have heat applied to it in the, order for it yeah, to Yeah, once that fire is applied to it, once that heat is applied to it, it becomes useful for something else. Exactly. It becomes useful. Uh, just a lump of clay is not useful until... It gets put in the fire mm-hmm. and, yeah, turns into some other... You were saying a minute ago about the Christian life or the, the, the walk being easy or coming naturally. And um, we were talking about this earlier, but our pastor this weekend was talking about a story, something that happened to him when he was a teenager. His first car, uh, he was driving 
and his buddy was in the passenger seat and they were messing around and his buddy caused him to veer in traffic and he kind of hit a curb and the alignment went off on his car. And because the alignment went off on his car, his car no longer drove straight on its own. It would always kind of veer to the right. And he was talking about how he could make a uh, he could make a right turn by just letting go of the wheel of his car. And his car would just turn to the right, all the way into the, you know, to the right lane. And he was using that illustration to talk about how humans, we were created to drive straight, to be in relationship with God and to have this direction like we are moving toward him and we're moving in the direction that he intended. But something came along and knocked us out of alignment and now we are headed, if we take our hands off the wheel, our bend, as Pastor Jim was calling it, our bend is toward sin and toward the flesh and toward ourselves and our own desires rather than our cars driving straight to God. We were talking about that later, and I think it was really interesting what you brought up, which is that if your car, if your alignment is that out of whack, you have to really hold the steering wheel. You have to really work to keep your car going straight. And in that analogy, because our nature, our sin nature, wants to drive us off course, wants to drive us toward selfishness and toward ego and toward our own desires, if we're going to be devoted to God, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we need to grab that steering wheel and hold tight and work on keeping ourselves driving toward him. And I think of the the, the bumper stickers and the, the phrases that people always say. They say, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Or they, there's the bumper sticker. There's the one that says, Jesus is my co-pilot. But I remember seeing another one that said, if Jesus is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong chair, mm-hmm. meaning Jesus should be the pilot. But really, I think that's... That's kind of the way we want it. To, we want to think. We want to think. Right. Jesus will be the pilot. I've accepted Jesus into my life. Okay, he's a pilot. I don't have to think about it right. anymore. And as he's a passenger, not do you that. just sit in the back and you just let the pilot go. Right. But that's not what happened. Yeah, because even in the book of Mark, I'm reading through Mark right now, and it's you know things go very quickly. So. I think it's in maybe Mark 5, 6, 7, 8. He does several miracles with food. So he does the mm-hmm. the bread and the fish miracles two times at least. Right. I, I believe there's a total of three times. But he says to the disciples, you do this. You know, you go find the food. You go have the people sit down. And it's like he desires to have us engage in the relationship with him. It's not he takes over our life and we don't have to worry about anything. It's that he desires for us to be an active member of the relationship. Mm And through our devotion and our obedience to him, that shows our love and our devotion to him. Mm -hmm. And it's same thing with I'm thinking of like the rich man, you know, 
the rich man says to Jesus, what do I have to do to earn eternal life? And Jesus says to him, you know, obey these commandments. And he says, I've done that since my youth. And Jesus says, okay, then what you need to do is sell all your things Mm -hmm. and come and follow me. And that was more difficult for him to devote his life to Christ than to do all of those commandments. Right, right, right. And I think what we need to kind of keep the perspective of is that, yes, it, it can, the Christian life can be difficult to keep on course, mm-hmm. but through the power of the Holy Spirit, through humbling ourselves before the Lord and saying, we can't do, you know, we can't do this at all by ourselves. We need you to give us the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. It's only by that that he says, take my yoke upon you. Right, right. Rather than the weight that you're trying to carry, which is trying to do all these things, all these devoted things on your own, like the rich man was trying to do. Right. And he's saying, you know what? The only thing that I'm asking of you is not to do this whole laundry list of things. What I'm asking you to do is devote yourself to me. Mm-hmm. And I think how that translates in the first step is to read the word, read the word, read the word. And as we get to know Christ more and more through his word and understand his character, he begins to do a work in us. He begins to mold that clay. He begins to bring a little bit of heat into our lives to say, okay, are you going to choose me in this moment? Are you going to choose me in that moment? And as we choose him, the clay begins to form more and more, and we become these vessels that can be continually filled. I think it's important to point out, too, that I think from an outsider's perspective, it might sound like we're saying it's work, work, work. You got to keep right. working at it, and it's difficult, and it's it, it there's fire, and it's hot, and the steering wheel wants to take you off course, right. and you got to grip hold. And while I believe all of that is true. Like you're saying, one, the Holy Spirit is there to help us and does help us and makes those things much more easy to uh, obtain. But two, I think it's important to remember that the reward for all of that is well beyond worth it. It's not like Christian living is so hard and it's just going to be tough and you're just going to be bummed out a lot for the rest of your life. You're going to be you're going to be devoted to God, but you're going to be doing a lot of work and then you're going to die. And and it's not it's not that's not the case. Like, yes, you're going to be working on it. Yes, you're going to be devoted. Yes, you're going to be seeking him and you're going to be in the word. And that's not something that comes naturally and it's counter to our flesh. But when we do those things, we draw closer to the Lord. And when we draw closer to the Lord, he produces fruit in us. And he gives us wisdom to be able to make godly choices and to to grow our families and our lives. And there there is so much rich reward right. in God when we are devoted and when we do um, the things that he calls us to do. So yes, it's difficult, but 
it's it's so worth it well i think too that for me these past couple of years i i can really pinpoint things over these past maybe three years in that for me it became evident of transforming like the lord says you know renewing your mind he'll Mm -hmm. renew our mind And that by devoting myself to his word over these past three years, I've had a desire to read his word more and more and more and to learn more and more about his character. These things that I once desired in my life, like certain entertainment things or certain pastimes Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, just start to fall away. And I think, again... I think we've talked about this in other episodes, how people get nervous or concerned or apprehensive about like moving forward in their relationship with Christ because they're like, well, I still want to be me and everything. And in my experience, it was by the word uh, me knowing that I'm drawing closer to the Lord and then also seeing these desires that I once had, these may be goals or again, like pastimes or whatever, just sort of fall away. Mm -hmm. Me not finding the same pleasure that I once did in doing those things or listening to that music or whatever it may be. It just is, I just don't have the desire to anymore. Right. And so I don't think that people should be apprehensive. It's that he transforms us in a way that that just that desire is removed, that mm-hmm. ungodly desire is removed. And um, back to that, my heart Christ home. You were talking about again, like the transforming. And he says about the rec room that would be like having social times and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. Things that you do leisurely. He said he was always afraid that I would that he wouldn't have fun if he brought Jesus along. Right. <laughs> and he says, um, you know, that Jesus transformed his social life, mm-hmm. that he brought new friendships, brought new excitements, brought new things that replaced the old. And so I think that that is something not to look at and say, uh, I don't want you to change any part of my life. I like my life. You know, I like my social life. I like my friends and everything, but rather being open to the Lord just naturally and just open to him replacing those things, mm-hmm. you know, not completely taking them away to where you just are alone in a room and <laughs> with no one. So... I think that, yeah, that it really is all of the things that the Lord promises are for our good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's our heavenly father. And we, if we think of it in that sense that, you know, God's our heavenly father. And in his word, he says to do these things, to um, have this toward this relationship toward him, to be having this type of mindset or whatever. 
it's the same as a loving earthly father saying to his child, like, I want you to have the, you know, best life that you can have. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. please, I know what the consequence of certain mistakes in life are. Like the, if you do this thing, then man, it can lead down to this road. And if you do that thing, man, it can lead down to that road. And I just don't want that for you. Mm-hmm. I want the best for you. And that's how our heavenly father is. He wants the be- absolute best for us. He wants to bless us in spiritual fulfillment, but also, you know, he wants us to enjoy life now as well. And so he desires for us to be devoted to him for a reason, for us to have those fruits of the spirit, like you were saying, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that he wants us also to experience his perfect love and the void that we all have that separation from god he wants us to be reconciled to him that relationship that was lost in in the garden of eden he desires to have that again with us and to get us there what he wants is like you said he wants that devotion he wants that discipline he wants to be lord and like we were saying at the, at the beginning of the episode, that we hear as Christianese these words. We need to really understand that they have a purpose, they have, they have a meaning, and seek those things out and do those things and live them out and not just passively walk through life labeled as a Christian, but actually lived out as a Christian. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wilderness Club. We invite you to find us at wildernessclub.co, that's com without the M, where you can get in touch with us to ask questions, learn more about our faith, and who we are. We invite you to join the club.